The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Oranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday March 5th. Several weeks ago, we introduced you very briefly to Connecticut veterinarian Dr. John Robb, and we're going to speak with him in more detail today. Dr. John Robb was fired from his post for his compassionate stance on not over-vaccinating and sickening pets. Welcome, Dr. Robb. Thanks for having me, Terry. First, Dr. Rob, please let's go over your educational and professional background, especially as related to pets. Sure. I uh, attended the University of California, Berkeley, and then got my BS from the University of California at Davis in 1981. I then went on to veterinary school at the University of California at Davis and completed that uh, veterinary degree in 1985. I then uh, did an internship, a private practice internship at New Haven Central Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut, completed that. And then from there, went on to begin my career, you know, having worked as an associate uh, in in Stratford for a year and a half and then buying a veterinary hospital uh, in New Fairfield, Connecticut, which I owned for 12 years. Uh, Then I sold that hospital to Veterinary Centers of America and worked for them for six years, the last year as the medical director at, at BCA Northside. I then went from there and uh, began the Protect the Pets movement in 2006 and, and devoted five years of my life and most of my resources to the beginning of the Protect the Pets movement, uh, which was basically to bring integrity back into my profession. Uh, from there, I uh, bought an emergency hospital and ran, ran the, the, uh, in Avon, Connecticut, uh, and owned that hospital for two years and, you know, worked as an emergency care veterinarian. Uh, I then worked for the Connecticut Humane Society for a couple of years. I was on the board of directors for about 12 years. And then from there, I uh, bought Banfield, the pet hospital Stanford, and uh, I ran and operated that franchise or charter, as they call it, for four and a half years uh, until I was terminated um, December 6th, uh, almost uh, three months ago to the date. Okay, so you have a a long history. You've been working with pets for twenty to, between twenty and thirty years. You've had an opportunity to um, observe the evolution of pet health. Um, you're well credentialed, and other people have um, respected you to the point where, um, for example, you were on that board of directors, if I uh, recall correctly. Correct. Um, so you have all of this history. Um, 
So what happened to you most recently? Well, uh, I was working, you know, as I said, a charter owner of a veterinary hospital in Stanford, Connecticut, Banfield. They own about 900 hospitals, and uh, I was just doing my veterinary medicine. I had a very strong following of clients, and uh, one day uh, they called me on the phone. They said, you better be in Stanford for a video conference, and they had, you know, their, their vice president, there, their chief counsel there, their chief medical officer, Jerry Jeffrey Klausner, and it was, they called a, a meeting, but it was more like uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know, I felt like it was a military court going on. because Exactly, it, was, it sounded like a tribunal. It was like a tribunal, you know, and at one point he even said to me, are you, are you still there, Dr. Rob? And I said, I- I'm here, I'm just listening, I'm, I'm just a little stunned at all these accusations. Um, and so it came up that, well, you're, you're under-vaccinated. We understand that you're giving half-dose vaccines to small pets. And I said, well, absolutely. The Purdue study of 2005 with 1.2 million pets that clearly showed that, you know, vaccine reactions are very much uh, weight-related. In other words, the little guys are getting sick, and they can't handle multiple vaccines at full dose. So, yes, I've adjusted my, uh, my pro- pro- you know, veterinary vaccine protocol based on scientific evidence of the problem. Uh, can, can I so- just interject a question here before I forget? Do they charge, did Banfield charge for vaccines based on how much dose was in that vial, or is a vaccine a vaccine a vaccine, and it's charged the same, and so what's it to them how much the pet gets? Right. It's charged the same. I mean, you, there's no... They don't write in any of their medical records, you know, how much. No veterinarian writes. Did you give a CC or a half CC? Or it's just, it's just up to the to the veterinarian. And uh, you know, but basically during that tribunal, you know, they, I said, listen, if you're concerned about the vaccine status of the dogs, it's a very simple thing to do. Just do tighter testing. It's clearly by Dr. Schultz and his research been shown very accurate, and. All we have to do is do tiger tests, and then we can prove yes or no that these pets are indeed vaccinated properly. Uh, however, uh, they had no interest in doing that, and this is where everything stemmed from. Because you see, Terry, I had a very strong following of clients, about 5,000, and they didn't come for Banfield. Most of them came for Dr. Rob. I've had a strong following in the state of Connecticut now for, like you said, 29 years. And so... You know, people were coming, they, they drive long distances because I do my best and I'm trustworthy. Having said that, they had no intention of checking titers. And I said, listen, if you're going to send a letter out to my clients saying that they're under-vaccinated and, and putting my clients at risk of vaccine-associated diseases like sarcomas and cancer at injection sites, uh, hemolytic anemia and these types of things, and I'm going to have to warn my clients. And that's where the problem started. So three or four days after they, they got the letter out to my clients, I went to the Pet Smart right in front of the office to give literature to my clients to warn them. What did they do? They had the police come. They had them uh, tie me to a stretcher, handcuffed to a stretcher, and taken to Stanford Emergency Hospital for psychiatric evaluation. Okay, that was the response. They flew in a bunch of I call them cronies because they weren't my employees. They they were at the desk. They were making a lot of noise and. So when the police got there, they said, boy, Dr. Rob, you're causing quite the disturbance here. I said, sir, I'm just standing here with some literature. They're jumping up and down. I don't know these people. They're not my employees. But, of course, the police, in their efforts to calm the situation, 
decided to take that course of action at obviously PetSmart and Banfield's request. So that was the beginning of the problem. You know, uh, they, they put a temporary they, restraining order out on me because why? They didn't want what they wanted. This is what they did. They set up five or six deaths. They flew in veterinarians. They wanted to inject all these pets as quick as they could because guess what? If they're all injected again, you can't check tires to see where they were. And that was their whole point, to cover up the fact that they knew they were protected. Wow. Yeah. They actually have committed animal cruelty, which is punishable by prison time because they've injected toxins into pets knowingly. They said in court, this thing went to court, they said in court that they were offering vaccine titers to all the clients. That's what they said. But I had witnesses come up who said that they did not do one titer out of 3,000 pets that were re-injected, not one. One of my clients called me and said, I went in there six times demanding a titer. They wouldn't do it. Wow. They they lied in court. They wanted to cover up. I said, their expert witness, um, uh, Mr. Wellborn, who was on the AVMA task force that came up with the vaccine protocol currently in use, he was in court, and I said, Dr. Wellborn, and this is before they re-injected all these. I said, Dr. Wellborn, wouldn't this be the perfect time to do that scientific study that everybody says doesn't exist by checking all these pets that I know I gave half those to and see if indeed they're protected? And he said, well, I guess that might be a good idea. Yes, wouldn't that be a good idea, sir? Yes, it would be a good idea. Did they do one titer test? Did they go in the rooms and say to the client, listen, your dog may not be protected, but he may be protected. We can do a simple blood test and see, or we can inject them with a vaccine that could cause tumors at the injection sites, hemolytic anemia, thyroid cancer, lymphoma. Which would you like to do? Oh, why don't I just take the vaccine? You tell me 3,000 people made that decision? That's what they're saying in court. Of course it's a lie. And what they were really doing was covering up the fact that Banfield pushes over vaccination. It's what gets people in the door. The, the public is still brainwashed into thinking they need these things, and it gets them in the door, and they don't care the fact that these pets are dying. And but I don't I, want to get too off track, but just last week, a client went in with a 12-pound, 17-week golden retriever puppy that got full-dose vaccines, three of them, and died at an emergency hospital. It was put to sleep because it was blind, seizuring, Oh, and they no. did the, they, yes, they, and they did the, the spinal tap, and they checked the cerebral spinal fluid, and it was vaccinosis, okay? Oh. So there's a perfect example of what the Purdue study said not to do. I would have given that dog one half-dose vaccine. It'd still be playing with a toy in its living room right now, but that dog is dead. And this evidence is suppressed. But what's the difference now? This person contacted me. Okay, and I am the voice of the pets. And anybody out there that is having any issues where the drug companies will not support you, where the vets say it wasn't the vaccine, you contact me, okay? And we'll make sure it goes public because that's our strength to take what's happening in the dark back rooms, cover it up by lies, and bring it out for the truth to be seen so that we can stop these corporations. I call it pedicide. Pedicide to what? Destroy pets for profit. Pedicide for profit, yeah. That's pedicide. Before we go to break, uh, you've asked people to contact you if they have a concern about something that's happened um, or, you know, could happen to uh, pets or a pet they know. So what is your contact information? First of all, phone number is 203-731-4251. 
Second of all, my email address, very simple. My name is Dr. Rob, so the letter is D-R-R-O-B-B, at three words, protect the, T-H-E, pets, P-E-T-S, dot com. Contact me, and I will do my best to bring the truth to light and not only get you compensated in terms of the finances involved, but also to have another, more information to bring down these, this continuing over-vaccination issue that's killing pets all over the country. Well, thank you, Dr. Rob, and we will be right back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Stay tuned. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Back with Connecticut veterinarian Dr. John Robb, who was um, summarily sacked from his post for his compassionate stance on not over-vaccinating or sickening pets. Before the break, Dr. Robb told a moving story about a golden retriever who... Uh, had blindness and seizuring and death soon from being over-vaccinated and would be here with us today playing in the living room with his toy, uh, if not for over-vaccination. So, um, Dr. Rob, thank you for, you know, sticking to your ethical stance on not over-vaccinating pets. Um, did When you were when you went to that tribunal, when they called that meeting and had you before that kind of tribunal, did they shut you out of your hospital, your equipment, your medical records? Where Did you not have access to them anymore? That's absolutely correct. They they told me that I had 10 minutes to get out, and that, and that was the end of it. I did uh, tell them that I needed to go back and retrieve some things at a later date but it was like they they were breathing down my throat. I could barely think as they were, you know, harassing me to get out, and I took what I could, but I certainly uh, at that point uh, was, you know, 
they wouldn't let me go to the computer. Everything is on the computer. Get any you know client information or any of the titers that I've done before or any information that in court they say doesn't exist. So uh, oh. I know it existed. Uh, oh. Whether it exists now or not, I don't know. Oh, and they absolutely they killed the opportunity. In addition to kill that pet being killed, they killed the opportunity for having that study by not taking the titers on those pets that you talked about before the, the break. What happened to you in court? What I'll were the hard yeah, things I'll they said to you? Terry, here's what happened in court. There, they had a declaration entered by their ex, one of their expert witnesses, Dr. Schultz. Now, Dr. Schultz did say in his declaration, you know, that there was no he didn't say that half those didn't work. He said, we just don't have a scientific study, okay? But what he did say, Dr. Schultz, he said that all pets should have a blood titer done before they're revaccinated because if they have a protective antibody, giving them a vaccine could indeed cause harm that would not be necessary. So their expert, Dr. Schultz, wrote, it's in as evidence, and yet, they just wanted the one part about the one cc versus half cc, so they just they didn't want him to write that. But Dr. Schultz ethically wrote the important thing. There was there's a question mark here, and it can be succinctly and truthfully answered with simple antibody titer tests, and they did not do one of them. So there's your answer right there. That's what they said in court. That's what they didn't do, and they had. Just lie after lie. I tell you, that court was like, I couldn't believe it. I said to the judge at one time, I said, 85% of what they're saying here are just lies. And she said, Dr. Rob, you can't say that. And I said, Judge, I not only can say that, I am going to say it because it's the truth. And in this courtroom, there's going to be truth. And if they tell a lie, I'm going to call it what it is. So the judge was a good judge. She backed down, meaning that she understood that I'm allowed to demand truth in court. I mean, isn't that what court is supposed to be about bringing? But I tell you what, these companies, they think they're above the law. And by the way, Banfield is Mars, the candy bar company, who, who did a really dumb thing. And I say a dumb thing because they went and bought veterinary hospitals and tried to run it without any information at all about veterinary medicine. Okay? How many times does it happen where companies have, let's say, a product that they know and they decide to venture off into another product that they don't know, and bad things happen. Well, that's what's happened here. And so you have a high-priced lawyer from a $35 billion a year company who think they could just come in and intimidate. What they said to me, they said, Dr. Rob, because I contacted Mark. I didn't know if they knew about it. And as soon as I contacted Mark, Vice President Vincent Bradley called me back, Chief Counsel Bruce Bennett, and they said, Dr. Rob, if you... Go to the press. If you contact Mars again, we will take away your veterinary license and we will ruin you. You will never make another dime again. Okay? I had them on speaker in my house. My wife heard it. That's what they said to me. What followed? All of a sudden, PetSmart sends the police to my house in New Fairfield. Why? Because they said I was dangerous. Now, here's a man who has no record his entire life, and they're saying I'm dangerous? Where's the, where's the, and yes, they actually said in court, they, they actually sent an internal memo. They, you know, this company wasn't too smart. I still had my email working, and they were sending internal memos, and they, the day of the Newtown massacre, they shut the store down. 
they posted armed guards in every PetSmart in the state of Connecticut, and they said, Dr. Rob is dangerous. He could kill clients. He could kill employees. They likened me in court to the Newtown, the, the man who did the Newtown massacre, that it was that kind of dangerous. Talk about character assassination. Where did that come from? Why? Because I peacefully went there to hand out uh, information, scientific articles that prove that vaccinosis exists, and the clients should just have a tire check before they, and they didn't want the clients to know that. They also had me arrested. They had me arrested, and I was handcuffed, and the whole thing, you know, released, you know, with whatever money was in my pocket, but this is how far they've gone. They even have called their, their, Jennifer Udy, who's one of their lawyers, called my wife on her cell phone and pretended she was Mary Ann Smith and started to harass her. I called the number back and it said, hi, this is Jennifer Udy, counsel at Bainfield. I mean, wh- this is so what they think did. you'd be smart enough to use to a payphone, you know, if you're going to do, call somebody and give you a false name, you know? You know, I, I mean, I, it's unbelievable. But I just, they just think they're above the law. And you know what? They got rid of a bunch of charters because when, when Mars bought the company, they didn't want charters. They said, gee, those guys are making too much. We just want to push that wellness plan, which is vaccine-laden. We don't need charters doing medicine. There's too much overhead. We're not interested in that. We want the least overhead and the greatest profit. And so they began to systematically get rid of charters, but they picked the wrong issue this time to get rid of me. And having said that, every other charter owner has backed down. They've taken pennies on the dollar because when they intimidate them, who wants to go through what I'm going through right now? But guess what? I sleep at night. I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to speak the truth. And in the end, they're going to lose. They're going to lose, and they're going to be exposed. Dr. Rob, let's get into um, the, the scientific part of this of this discourse. Tell us about the published and anecdotal information that there is on animal cancers, especially if correlated with vaccination and leukemia and other sicknesses. Well, you know, the first, the first big thing that happened, which is clearly demonstrated, and even all the vaccine companies agrees, is, is vaccine-associated sarcomas. Okay, it was first published about cats some 10, 15 years ago, but basically at the injection sites, they developed this cancer called uh, sarcoma, which is a very aggressive. And in fact, the new rules of vaccines in cats, you have to give the injections very distal on the leg. How crazy is this? Because if they get the vaccine-associated sarcoma, you can cut the leg off. Okay? Oh, so my goodness, that's horrible. That, it's horrible. I mean, why are we giving injections that can cause cancer when we have to cut the leg off when the diseases that we're trying to protect are so minimal, if at all. It's, it's, and then, yes, they have also shown vaccine-associated sarcomas in dogs as well. Um, they've done some studies. There's one out of, uh, of Italy. Uh, it's in the Journal of Veterinary Medicine in 2003. Injection site sarcomas were also found in dogs. You know, remember one thing. The vaccine reactions are so underreported. Whatever makes it to the literature, you, might, you could multiply it by 10 or 20 or more, okay? Veterinarians go out of their way to say it's not the vaccine. It couldn't be the vaccine, okay? But it is the vaccine. And not only that, but then you get into the immune-mediated diseases which are occurring. 
Um, there was an article done in, in, uh, by Dr. Geiger, uh, which was in the Journal of Internal Medicine in 1996, and it was about vaccine-associated immune-mediated hemolytic anemia in the dog, and he showed that there was a temporal response. In other words, there was a temporal relationship between vaccination and the development of hemolytic anemia. And this goes back to 1996, okay? And then you go from there to some of the Purdue studies, one of which I mentioned, which showed in 2005 of 1.2 million dogs that the little dogs were getting sick. And again, the vaccine reactions were far underreported. That study only dealt with the immediate reactions that occur in the first 72 hours, but now we know about these immune-mediated diseases that occur. Uh, again, there was a Purdue study which was published in AHA uh, that, that showed that the, that the vaccine re- reaction rate was 20 to 38% higher in the small dogs. And then another Purdue study, and I like this study because in 1999, and you look at these things, these are done 15 years ago, and yet the vaccine protocols haven't changed. But it was a Purdue study that showed that when you give a vaccine, this was done in, uh, uh, let's see here, no- November 1999. Okay, effects of vaccine on the endocrine and immune system of dogs. And what the study showed is that these dogs develop antibodies against their own collagen, against their own DNA, against their red blood cells. So in other words, you're giving an injection and you're saying, you know, it's going to pinpoint a certain virus and develop antibodies just to that. And it's not doing that. It's developing antibodies against the entire body. And so these immune-mediated diseases begin to occur. Autoimmunity. Autoimmune diseases, hemolytic anemia, breakdown of the platelets causing internal bleeding, um, you know, lymphoma, leukemia. I mean, the body just begins to be attacked. And I mean, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, there are so many diseases caused by the immune system. And, and yet, and yet, we're still using the same protocol. You know, there was a recent, the most recent article in, in one of the, uh, uh, you know, veterinary publication, just this, I read it yesterday, said veterinarians are slow to change from yearly vaccine to every three year, even though it's been shown that the, through tiring, that the vaccines last that long or more. Okay, let's pick up with that when we come back from break, okay? We'll, and uh, we will be back here with Dr. John Robb at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Dr. Robb, what website can listeners take a glance at while we're on break? ProtectThePets.com. Okay, Protect the Pets. Very good. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. 
The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. John Robb, Dr. Robb, D-R-R-O-B-B at protectthepets.com. And um, Dr. Robb, before the break, you started to talk about the differing views of how long immunity from pet vaccines lasts. So let's continue with that. Well, you know, there's a, there's a study right now called the Rabies Challenge Fund, okay, which was being funded through people, through Dr. Dodds and Dr. Schultz who's doing the study, and they're, they're now into the fifth year. In other words, they've done five years and showed the rabies shot is still good after five years. They're now going to the sixth year, and he's going to bring his results forward next month which already the inside track is, it's lasting six years. The truth is Dr. Schultz, who's the immunologist, PhD immunologist, who's done most of the research on the immunity, has said that he vaccinates his dogs as puppies and then never again their whole life. And that's for all the vaccines. So, you know, he's the guy doing the research, and that's his personal stance. So you could imagine what the truth is. The truth is that these vaccines are last for a lifetime. Are there some veterinarians who don't vac- vaccinate pets at all? Absolutely. There are, there are veterinarians who don't vaccinate, especially when you get into the holistic realm. Um, I have had veterinarians contact me that, that don't vaccinate at all, and then those that do half doses and then never again. And, and if they have to vaccinate because of some law, they follow them by chasers and things to try to stop the side effects of the vaccine. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the big thing comes down to this, it's a law about rabies, but the truth is, in the United States, there's a VISTA Act of 1913, and that gives veterinarians discretionary right over these vaccines. That's a great Those, point. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, if you don't know the law, then some state will say you've broken the law, and then you sit there and take the lumps when you clearly did not break any law, because it has to be that way. The doctor has to be the one responsible when doing the injections. And we have to be the ones to keep up on the research so we know what we're doing. And, of course, it has to be us because if there's new findings, by the time a law changes, are we supposed to injure children? Are we supposed to injure pets when we know that what we're doing, our Hippocratic Oath says do no harm? So to me, it's not about what the law is. It's about what is that vaccine going to do to that pet. And if it's going to injure it, then you don't give it. I wouldn't give it even if the client wanted me to. Right, yeah, because you it's your responsibility um, as steward, as steward of that animal's health to 
responsibly keep yourself educated and best advise the caregiver of that living being. Um, I think I remember signs at PetSmart and Banfield that a pet even needs to be vaccinated even to get groomed there. Why would a pet need, is that true? Why would a pet need to be vaccinated just to get groomed? You know, a client went in and just contacted me yesterday. She just wanted the nails trimmed, and they wouldn't do it unless she went next door and got a rabies vaccine. I, look, you know, it's it's pervasive. They they have to be vaccinated to be groomed, to board, to travel. All these things are in effect that are that are causing injury to pets. You know, there are people who are ignorant. I mean, there's no doubt. There's veterinarians who don't keep up and just don't know. And guess who comes in? It's the drug companies paying for all your luncheons. They're the ones paying for so many things. So, you know, they're patting you on the back. They're giving you money, giving you free samples. And, you know, look at Banfield. Jeffrey Klausner is an internal medicine specialist. But uh, in court, again, the person who was in charge of teaching new technicians to doctors had no idea who even Gene Dodds or Dr. Schultz were because their hands said what they're supposed to know. And if they don't do their own due diligence, they'll believe the lie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um now, is you were talking about how about that law and veterinarians um, being supposed to have discretion? Is there any national vaccine schedule for pets? Is there variability? Does and and if it, does Banfield stick to a more stringent vaccine schedule than even that? Banfield up till 2011 was still recommending yearly vaccine on everything. Okay, and Dr. Dodds who, like I said, is, is one of the leading world authorities, wrote them a letter in 2006 and said this to Banfield. They said, you guys are putting your veterinarians in a very bad position because either they follow your outdated protocol, which is causing harm to pets, or they follow their ethics and morals. But if they follow their ethics and morals, what's going to happen? Well, you're looking at a veterinarian who did that, and I was terminated. So... They have continued to focus. The AVMA and the and AHA, all these, they, they've gone through the three years, but still the label on the manufacturer says to give it every year. And veterinary, look, this whole thing has been set up that the vaccines get the people in the door. And I've talked to so many veterinarians who say, listen, if I don't have the vaccines, they won't come in and I'll lose profit. So what you're really saying is you're giving something the pet doesn't need to make money. And then now... They die from it? I mean, come on, guys. There's so much lack of integrity. And the real problem here is if you go to the, the public and you say, you know, it was interesting because they had a recent article on what the public's view is of MDs. It's still like a 75% in favor. In other words, you go in and your MD tells you the truth and you do what they say. Veterinarians is probably more like 80%. But so they go in there and they trust these guys who are saying this to me and they're giving them shots they don't need and they're getting sick. This is a bad situation. And when this they get the, when they get sick, wrong. that causes more vet visits, more medical visits, more hospital visits. And when they're sick, the drug companies are happy because there's another. There's so many oncology centers popping up, and the fastest growing part of veterinary medicine is oncology. Oh no! Why? Because so many pets are getting cancer. Oh, Why no. is the cancer rate so much on the up and up? It can clearly be traced to vaccinosis. Wow. Wow. All right. This seems like a, a good place to talk about the rally that you're organizing in New Jersey. Tell us about, very specifically about the location, the, the date, time, 
and where it is and why it is and what happened when you tried to go there before. Well, the rally is on March 13th. We're going to start at 10.30, and we're going to go, you know, whatever time anybody can give is fine. There's no set time, but I'll be there until sunset. It's 800 High Street in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Hackettstown, New Jersey. Yep. It's the home of the North American Mars corporate headquarters. And the reason we're there is simply because this is the corporation that puts profits over pets. You know, I, I researched this company. And, and one of their leaders said, you know, one of the leaders, I, I believe his name was, uh, you know, it's Mr. we'll call him Mr. Mars, but he was the father of the three children, Jonathan Mars and, and, and uh, Catherine Mars, the ones that are in charge now, okay? But their father quoted, he said, I pray to the Snickers bar. This is about profit and profit only. And that's exactly how they're approaching this. He said, what? Profit. I pray to the Snickers bar? You know, I can send you the article. This is his quote. And this man, this man was an angry man. If an M&M came off the belt with a smear on it, he would take a box of chocolates and, and slam it into the wall, okay? He was a perfectionist, okay? Because he knew that the product had to be perfect, okay? The problem here is he got into a field where the product is not only not perfect, it's killing pets, and this is why we're going to be at this ticket, because we're going to let Mr. Mars and the rest of that those people that are making those decisions in the back rooms know that we're not going away. Your high-priced lawyers, your intimidation is not going to stop because there needs to be accountability in corporate America. And here's a company that's promoting over-vaccination, and it's killing pets. And the evidence is there, but as long as they can hush it up and make a profit, they're going to go forward doing it. So, yes, I went to Mars on the uh, 16th of February with one sign in my hand and stood outside their place, and within... 10 minutes or 20 minutes, a, a cop car came, lights flashing, get your hands up in the air, got any weapons, put your hands on the car, frisk, the whole thing. Why? Because they don't want me outside their store. They don't want anybody outside. They don't want press. They don't want it. So that's why we're going there, folks, because we're going to put this into the mainstream, what vaccinations are doing. It's time that this stops, not only for pets, but children as well. We have got to get the public to understand that we, the people, will no longer put up with a corporate America that vaccinates children or pets for profit at the expense of their lives, sickness, et cetera, et cetera. It's over. We will not stop until accountability is brought. And we'll start with Mars, and it'll go from there. So March 13th, 10.30 a.m. to sunset, Hackettstown, New Jersey. What's the address, the street address again? 800 High Street. 800 High Street, yep. And do you have do you have support from um, places outside New Jersey as well? Advocates outside of New Jersey. Yes, I I have to, uh, one lady is flying in from uh, Canada to stay at my house. I mean, people are answering the call here. Um, there's going to be a, quite a few people who've been injured by vaccinosis that are going to be there. I mean, these are the heart of the movement. The people who know. They have to either live with children or with pets every day and look at them and know that they should be whole, they should be healthy, but somebody, and I say person because as you say corporation, there are people behind that corporation, okay? It's the people that need to be brought to accountability. They're in power positions and they think their money allows them to do these types of things. And that's what's wrong with our country right now. We have to stop being apathetic. 
okay? We have an attitude that if it's happened to the other guy, it's not happening to me. I feel sorry for him, but I'm okay. But guess what? With that attitude, when you're the victim, you'll be connected to nobody as well, okay? Now, your, your, your rally isn't uh, just – you and your wife are also concerned about children as well, so autism advocates and others who um, believe that there are illnesses caused by vaccine injury are also welcome to be involved in this, right? Absolutely. When I, we did our first ticket at PetSmart, one woman who was there was – Exactly that. In fact, she brought her son who had autism, and he held a picket side with her husband and her other son that was healthy. So she was very, very compelling. Of course, she knew what the vaccine did, and she was very compelling, and she brought a lot of attention to the issue. And that's what we're doing here, folks. We're bringing attention to an issue that needs to be brought to the public's eye, and the press will be there, and TV cameras will be rolling, and this is our opportunity to let America know that we are not sitting back. We are going to stand up for our kids. We're going to stand up for our pets, and we're going to let them know that accountability is now. We don't want another child to be injected unnecessarily and brought disease. We don't want another pet. We are the voice. Those are innocent. The child has no say when that injection goes in. The pet has no say. So we've got to speak for them, and it's time that we stand up. You know, it's fine to say, you're concerned and you're sorry, but you got to take action, folks. It's just like love. Love is not to say, I love you. Love is to do something for another person at the expense of yourself. That's oh. love. It's an action. Oh, so this is a time to come out and support each other, and there are so many similarities between the politics and the autism community and the things that you were saying, Dr. Rob, um, and there's autoimmunity. Children with autism have autoimmunity, and you know something else that's ironic in, in all of this you know, um, there are folks that say that the peanut allergy epidemic, uh, you know, may have been caused by vaccination. And, you know, so over-vaccination, uh, now you can't eat the peanuts, you yeah. know? And that's in the Snickers bar. <laughs> you know, you know let, let me say one thing here. When I was in court, I brought in a book from 1912, 1913, about immunology, and they talked about a disease in horses called strangles where they get this swelling in the neck and they would lance it and let the, the, the white corpuscles out. And at that time, they thought the white corpuscles were the disease when those were the white blood cells fighting a bacteria that they didn't know existed. Oh. But here's the thing. We are at the same place today. When they look 100 years from now, what we were doing, they're going to say, these people, what were they thinking? They knew nothing about immunology. They thought they could inject something in that contains mercury and other adjuvants that kill the virus and virus particles in that immune system would solely go and develop immunity to one small virus that's out there. They were setting off the immune system to go after everything in the body. And in 100 years, they'll look back at this and say, how ignorant were these people? But guess what? We know enough now. We don't have to wait for any more deaths and injuries to occur. I mean, come on, folks. If it's your child there, what are you going to do? You don't have to have a dog or a, a child that has autism. Come out and support what's right. Okay, yes. do the right thing. Do yes. your due diligence. Look up the, the studies. See it's real. And then understand, we know that we have a corporate America go wrong. I mean, you hear about a, a CEO that takes $12 million because the corporation went out of business and the, and the people at the bottom lose all their 401Ks? And he's in charge of the company, but he gets $12 million to leave and the company goes bankrupt? 
what is going on here, folks? We know corporate America is going wrong. Let's get out there and bring corporate America accountability. Come on, there's where the problem lies. You know, it's time to act. There's so many reasons to be at this ticket and express yourself because we're all affected by these situations. I mean, mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical companies, they've got a drug for everything. And then once you take that drug, you've got to take another drug to counteract those drugs. And it's just, it is a mess. What happened to eating good organic food, working hard, taking care of your body, and God gave us an immune system that works, okay? This idea that we have to control the immune system by injecting the, the vaccines that they're, they're, they're thinking up now, it's just absurd. It's absurd. Folks, let's get out there and let's do something for these children and these, and these, and these poor pets that are the innocent victims. Let's take some action. Yes, please, listeners, please support Dr. Uh, Rob's efforts and, and those who are working with him in some way, um, at least spreading the word. Um, you can contact him again, Dr. Rob. What is your contact information? Phone number is 203-731-4251, and my email is Dr. Rob, D-R. R-O-B-B, at, three words, protect the pets, P-E-T-S dot com. Okay. Dr. Rob, thank you again for explaining all of this, uh, this here to us today. I appreciate the, the time, and we are going to go forward. We're going to protect the innocent. That's what it's about. Thank you. Thank you for your stance on this. Well, to our listeners, um, we'd like to uh, share with you that Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. will be at the Autism One Conference this year. Um, in addition to the congressional keynote panel um, and other exciting things, informative things, and helpful things at the Autism One Conference in Chicagoland, May 22nd through 26th, please visit, visit the website www.autismone.org. Next week, Betsy Hicks will be here interviewing Dave Geslack on the Exercise Connections Champions Job Program and how exercise helped his clients with transitioning to the work environment. We'd like to thank this program's uh, sponsor, Humpback Dairies, and you can look on the Voice America website, uh, health.voiceamerica.com, for information about how to contact them or through the Autism One website. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.